This week's edition of UJ Sports Live. My name is Rodney Nabulsi. I'm joined by Dane Young and former Georgia Bulldogs head coach Jim Donnan. The only reason you guys are tuned in, and we accept that. We appreciate that. We are always glad when a coach makes time to do our show. Uh, he's a great supporter of our site, I guess because we try to buy him off with food. But either way, he, he's here on Tuesday, and you are as well, and we appreciate everybody tuning in. If you would, please share this with your friends. It mean a lot to us if you did. Or leave us a review on Apple uh, on the Apple app, on the podcast app, write a review about us. Only, but only if it's good. If it's if you're complaining about Dane, then please do not. A lot going on with Georgia uh, Bulldogs football players are working out, but they're having a huge recruiting month. They've got some big recruits in May. They're getting some big recruits in June. Another huge official visit weekend. If you watch Rumors versus Facts last night, our recruiting show, uh, they was absolutely loaded. They had special guests on there. Check it out. Um, we've got tons of updates coming. But I think, Coach, the biggest uh, news of the weekend was Georgia flipped a running back commit, Chauncey Bowens, from Florida to Georgia. And there was a little uh, video came out via Nikar on his Instagram of uh, the moment that Chauncey Bowens actually said, hey, I'm, I'm 100% committed to the G. And the coaches went nuts and everybody went nuts. It was a very emotional moment. Everyone got all, got all excited. I know that Del McGee's had him, uh, has been recruiting him, to, you know, Commitments don't mean anything. You, if a guy's committed somewhere else, you just now you know who to who to recruit against. So uh, I thought it was a very, pretty big uh, flip for Georgia. They've already got one running back committed in this class, but they I think they want to take three. Uh, give me your thoughts on this, Coach. Well, first of all, I didn't realize I was going to be on Santa Claus today. So uh, <laughs> congratulations on Christmas. Uh, Between Roddy's beard and my red cheeks, like we we got this covered. It's Christmas in in the uh, summer. Also, I want to just give a uh, happy birthday to one of our sponsors, Drew French, uh, from your birthday today. I just keep all this stuff to myself, Roddy, but I just want you to know I'm working at it. But happy birthday, Drew. You've been behind us ever since we got started, and uh, you and Natalie, great couple of your kids. And – We'll talk about your pile later. But, hey, anytime you can get a guy to switch his commitment, it's huge. But you also got to keep him, which, you know, that anytime a guy changes once, he he can do it again. He he plays at a high school where his coach, Eric Kresser, was a quarterback at Florida, then transferred to Marshall for his last year. But uh, got a lot of Florida ties down there. But, you know, right now – I would just ask you this. If you do not live in an insane asylum, why would you go to Florida? <laughs> At this point, they're selling uh, they're selling dreams. They're yeah. selling uh, – which that's part of it. But uh, if you couldn't go to Georgia, maybe you'd go there. But uh, I just think if, uh, with our running back situation and our old line guys that we have here and coming in, it's just a good good feel for that, and uh, he's a big guy, can run the rock, can catch it, and we've got a couple more out there. You mentioned Frazier. We got Christian Clark coming in here from uh, Arizona. So, uh, and, and the one thing you did make very clear there at the start is it is a big month uh, because 
you can't see these kids in person after they come on campus. Uh, you, you know, the, in the old days, in January, February, you'd go back and visit in their homes and try to close them. But what that official visits, everything now, I mean, you got to stay right on them because you, the, the next time you could actually see them in person would be if they would come to our games or if you uh, watch them play. But it, actually talking to them would be when the next – live period opens up. We got a dead period starting pretty soon in July, I think. So uh, great job by Coach McGee, uh, staff, everybody getting this guy. And uh, we had several others here. But one of the things that I kind of felt about that uh, when when we saw that little video where he switched his commitment and all that, we used to get some guys that we knew were coming wherever I was coaching. And uh, they get in a room, and uh, you know there'd be one that that would might be up in the air, but we knew he was getting ready to. So we would have those guys kind of hot boxing them and talking like I, Dane would talk about. He's already committed, kind of like Raola or Roddy would talk like uh, Carr, you know. And then there'd be a guy that's in, hey, I really like this. Uh, I'm coming to OU or I'm coming to Georgia. And, you know, and then all of a sudden you look at those guys that hadn't said anything and say, I bet you, man. And you put that peer pressure on them. And uh, sometimes, you, sometimes you get a guy that once he uh, says he's coming, uh, and here, I mean, uh, then it makes it easier for him to, to go on and go for it. And, you know, the, the camaraderie that you have. The one thing I would point out to our fans that I've always felt about recruiting, and I really see it today even more than ever, is as much as you want to say yes, you've got to say no to some people that have really been good to you, that have gotten in with your family, that have helped you out with NIL or have helped you out and built a big relationship with them, and now you got to tell them, that, hey, I'm going somewhere else. That's hard for a 17-year, 18-year-old person to do that. you got to get some reinforcement from your family, from your coach, because these coaches are taught to – if you're up in the air, they're going to keep working on you and they're going to keep why and make you justify it and all that. So uh, as good as it is to hear them say that they're coming, I know that Bowen's going to get a lot from Florida because, you know, they got to go back on him and, and try. But uh, we saw a situation where Sammy Brown committed to Clemson and then said he wasn't going to talk to anybody else. I mean, he didn't even want to come over here and have his official visit because – uh, he, he was sold on what he was doing. But, you know, a lot of times when you can get them here, there's a lot of things can happen. Like Matthews came here last weekend. All of a sudden, we're back in on him. So, uh, Yeah, Mike Matthews, the five-star uh, athlete, number one athlete in the nation. We had a good update from uh, Jed May. Jed went and chased him down Monday and got a good update on him. And I think you're right, Coach, when you uh, – I thought Dylan Rayola, everybody was expecting him to pop earlier. And he actually took time to write letters to the coaches of uh, the schools he was not going to, to, you know, say, I appreciate what you've done for me. And I appreciate the way you recruited me. Uh, I'm going to Georgia. It's not, not an indictment on your program or the way you recruited me. I, you know, I appreciate that. But a lot of other kids are not as mature as Dylan Rayola. And they, you're right. They can't say no. I've had kids over the years say, Hey, how do I tell George? No. How do I tell Clemson? No. How do I tell, this coach, I remember once, like, I, I, I can't face Coach Pruitt and tell him I'm not coming. I'm like, well, yeah, I'm sorry. I mean, you're just going to have to. But don't do the thing where you just put it on social media and then don't take any calls. Don't be that guy. But it, and, 
they'll yeah. say, Hey, I'm committing at four o'clock. And then they don't, it's like four fifteen, you know, four thirty, five o'clock. They're like, Hey, what's going on? It's like, I, I just, I can't tell these guys. No, I love these other coaches and it is hard to tell them no. And I think that's a great way to put it. Yeah. I, I want another thing that uh, I enjoyed. I think it was yesterday or the day before they came out with the newest uh, five-star rankings, which I don't get too caught up in rankings, but, what I am caught up in is the amount of players that George is in on of those 20 or 25 kids that we're right in the ball game. Yeah. And uh, when you're, when you're going after the best guys in the nation and they're a large percentage of them are coming to your place, that, that means that you're going to keep on trucking, man. And I, I thought it was a pretty salient little fact there that just about everyone that they talked about, George was in the mix and it's just a real testimony to, our staff and our own players, our players do a really good job with these guys. Uh, I, I'm just really impressed with the, the way that they're, uh, you can't fake that. I mean, if you don't, if you don't like something about the place or you're not happy with it, you're going to have a hard time looking somebody else in the eye and telling them, Hey, you need to come here or whatever. But, uh, it's always tough if you got a guy comes on official visit and the people there are saying, look, man, you don't want to come here. These guys here, they're going to jack you around. So uh, we got really good recruiters here on campus. These, these are our own players and they, they're basing it a lot on results. You keep hearing about these guys going to the league, all that 57 players here since Isaiah McKenzie went 57 to the league. The first year we had one. <laughs> That's unbelievable. I can't wrap my mind about that. Uh, Dane, you've, you've covered the, the chronicle of the, the change at Georgia. And now you see that when, from my standpoint, it, we used to go to uh, a seven on seven at, you know, at Georgia when Kirby would still let us in, or we'd go to a seven on seven, uh, you know, some pylon one or Under Armour or something like that. Uh, and Corky Kell. And we'd see 10, 13 guys at Georgia's recruiting. Now it's across the nation. We can't go see these kids as much as we used to because they're <laughs> kids out of Arizona. Uh, they just had a big defensive interior tackle come down from New Jersey. They're pulling kids out of Iowa, you know, all the California kids. You know, we always said that Georgia needs to, you know, put up fences on its borders, lock it down. You were, you saw some of the battles between Georgia and Auburn, you know, front and center, you know, trying to keep them from poaching the West part of the state. But now Georgia literally is, as Coach pointed out, when you look, look at the top 25 or top 32 players or, or five-star guys, every third, every second one of them mentions Georgia and comes to visit Georgia. And that recruiting train and that level is – I'm not saying it's a secret to Kirby's success because they got to win games, but, man, that, that – when you're able to take Florida, one of Florida's best players on a weekend, that's pretty well, it's damn like, good. It's like what Coach just said. Like, if you're a player – why would you go to Florida over Georgia? Georgia has elevated to a different caliber, and maybe Florida's sunk into one that's a little bit more difficult. I would even argue in the state of Florida, if you're going to a school, why would you select Florida over Florida State or Miami right now? I think that's the bigger discussion that, compared ooh, to Georgia. Yeah. Well, it's and, a toss-up with Miami and Florida right now. I mean, come on. I'm just saying, and I, you probably get a little more cash going down to Miami. Hey, Miami lost to Middle Tennessee State like a tom-tom last year. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm relishing no Blue Raiders. I'm relishing that, though, because uh, you, you, you always want to keep them down because they're tough. I mean, you look what Tennessee's 
all of a sudden, two years later, look where they are and where they were. I mean, we don't need all of a sudden for Florida to do the same thing because, uh, sure. uh, of course, of course, everybody say, says it's good for the league and all that. You know, who knows? I'm not worried about uh, the other teams near as much as I must continue to do what we got to do. But uh, we got some uh, a lot of good things going on over here today. 32 teams from around the south are here for what we call a seven-on-seven seven tournament. And the thing that's really good about that from my perspective as a formal coach is not so much the juniors and seniors that are playing because you already know about them, but there might be a guy that's in the ninth grade or 10th grade, first time he's ever been to the University of Georgia, and he gets to go out there in Sanford Stadium and play a game. And that's a lasting memory that just really gets them started. And that's why we do such a good job of trying to get as many teams in here. It's a real logistical nightmare moving them around in the buses and all, playing on intramural fields and our fields and going down to the stadium for the championship games. But it's just a real good PR move by Coach Smart and the staff. And it's very, uh, very competitive deal. I mean, these kids, um, I remember two years ago, we had a team up here from Miami. I don't know if it was Miami Central or whatever it was, but uh, what a bunch of athletes they had. And everyone I asked about was either going into the ninth grade or going into the 10th grade. I mean, just athletes out there everywhere. So um, bear with me. I hope you're getting the point here, fans, that this is a really good uh, vehicle for us. And at the same time, while they're here, you use that ability of having a camp, quote, camp, where you can invite individuals to come to and test them while uh, while the kids are playing. So, there might be 15 or 20 athletes here today that are being looked at by Kirby and the staff while the, the teams are playing seven on seven. So it's just a, a really good vehicle for, for evaluation and for morale. I mean, can you imagine when those kids get back on the bus today and going back home and can't wait to go tell their parents what they did. You know, hey, I was at the University of Georgia. I scored a touchdown at Sanford Stadium. Or, I mean, it's just – it's really cool. And uh, I'm just happy that I'm going to go over there when this show's over and watch a little bit of it because it makes <laughs> my mouth water. Well, it's all the little things like that that build into relationships with people, even before you know that that may be something that later on manifests itself to be helpful for both sides. When you heard Dominic Riola say that he loved Georgia for a while, that he's always felt at home at Georgia, like guys from Nebraska playing the league forever. Like there were touch points around UGA that were beneficial uh, in that recruitment. And that stuff can happen at any time. You really can't predict it. It's just kind of a culture thing. And Georgia does a really good job of that. I remember the co- the coaches scrambling to figure out who this ninth grade, uh, this freshman, uh, rising freshman was, who was just torching everybody. And I remember walking up to him going, dude, what's your name? He goes, uh, Terry Godwin. I'm like, what? What? You know, spell it for me. I mean, Godwin just blew up. He came out to a seven on seven, was torch. Nobody could cover him. He's a freshman. There's uh, juniors, you know, guys who are going to be seniors, you know, cornerbacks going one-on-one with them, and he's just lighting them up. And then, man, the coaches were just getting more excited after every spe- specific one. They'll also have a big offensive uh, and defensive lineman camp 
that coincides sometimes with these seven on sevens where they bring some big guys in and push them against each other. And uh, I'm sure Stacy Cyril's, you know, I've, I've seen other coaches do this in the past. You run these guys so many reps to see how they hold up. And it is, you get to perform in front of the coaches, make a name for yourself if you didn't didn't have one before, or if they're evaluating you, they get to see you in action. And sometimes they get to test the hell out of you. Like coach says, to pull you to the side, do, do all the measurements, give you a task, see what you can do. Uh, this is a huge opportunity and all those coaches love to do it. And uh, shout out to the support staff that feeds all those guys because they get lunch when they come up. And it's Here, Here's another thing that's, that's kind, a lot of fun. kind of a little subtle thing, but when they come in, you know, they weigh and measure them and they sign in and everything, but they have this little printing machine that prints their name and there's a G on it, but it put, prints their name and they say, hey, put that on the back of your helmet, please. <laughs> And so it's good enough so when a coach is kind of walking around and he sees Dane Young and uh, then all of a sudden he's got a GA or a, somebody said, well, how about looking up Dane Young and see what we got on him? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just another way to evaluate. But those – those uh, I need to put my glasses on to see those names. But there, there are some <laughs> names out there that all of a sudden get your attention. Now, I remember we had Durrell Robinson here from – South Carolina, we knew what he was all about, but uh, there was another receiver here that was just keeping up with him, and uh, I needed to find out who the guy was because we were recruiting the heck out of Durrell, and uh, it was it – was, uh, I, I don't even want to talk about it because I just remember Durrell Robinson and Reggie Brown, two of the best players I ever signed here. Neither one of them got in school until the second semester. That's right. Michael Adams. <laughs> yeah, that, that's not that's not a good situation. Uh, big big events going on at Georgia. Well, we need to talk about some of the other stuff that's going on. There's the, there's some off season issues, of course, that's always talked about. But first, I want to mention our friends over at Athens Ford. Uh, sorry, hit that. Uh, 466 uh, vehicles available right now. The vast majority of them have a lifetime powertrain warranty on them. Of course, all the new vehicles do, and all the pre-owned vehicles under like 80,000 miles, which is going to be the vast majority of them. So uh, if you need a new vehicle you want, or you want to get one for your dad for Father's Day, Father's Day is coming up this weekend. So uh, you want to get dad a nice new Ford F-150, hit him up. If you want to get him an electric vehicle, one of the rechargeable ones, the, the new EVs are out there. That we were, I was telling you this a few weeks ago, that Ford F-150, the EV version of it, will snap your neck. It takes off so fast. Same with the... Uh, uh, Mustang they have out there. Go out there, check them out. You know, so if you want to, if you've been look, thinking about that, go swing by, do a test drive, see what you think. Of course, they also have the Broncos and they also have uh, specials going on all the time. Great service department and the best uh, parts department you'll ever see. You're not constantly waiting on stuff to come in. Like, hey, yeah, it's going to be six to eight weeks before we get this. If you want to customize your truck, customize your vehicle, or you want to change something out, Check out that award-winning parts department over at Athens Ford. Also want to mention our friends, while you're on that side of town, swing by Classic City Eats. It is a great restaurant. It is a great brewery. I mean, excuse me, Classic City Eats. I got a book. Swing by Academia Brewing Company. I wanted to be a Classic City Eats today. Academia Brewing Company has the fantastic beers. They have just a plethora of new beers every time you go in there. So when you swing by... And you're like, uh, they give you the beer list. They have to print it out on a piece of paper because it changes all the time. And right now they're promoting their flights. 
They're like, look, you come in, you're not sure which one of these you want to get. You're not sure how much you want of it. Get a flight. It's basically going to come in a, an old barrel stave with the holes drilled in it. And they put four different glasses into the barrel stave. They set it on your table and you can have four different beers. Try the one, you know, try them all. See which one you like the most. Then you can order a tall one of that particular beer. Uh, they always have new stuff going on and they have new menu items. I tell people if you're, uh, they always seem to have room. I've never had a wait when I've gone out there because I have a huge dining area and a huge outdoor area that you can sit in and the beer garden and the lounge, and the corporate events. But if you're ever worried about there being too big a crowd, swing by lunch, try their lunch menu. I guarantee you'll like it. If not, uh, I will apologize on air for leading you astray. If you go out there and you don't like either the beer or the food, I promise you. Yeah, it's a great spot. All right, what we want to do here for the next couple of weeks in this second segment is go through George's position groups and just rat-a-tat-tat quickly just kind of remind people who these players are, what they do, where George stands with them. So we're going to start with skill guys today. Uh, I thought Brent Rollins had a, a great stat yesterday on Twitter, Coach, just saying that Georgia has had a running back on the field for every offensive play. I think it was for something like four years. So his teams are going spread all the time, and Georgia spreads out too. They typically do it with a running back on the field somewhere. So I want to start. It's with a, lot easier, a lot easier to do that and shift them out and make the defense uh, declare. You know, once you put five receivers in, it's a lot easier for them to play more uh, radical defenses. So uh, that's a good way to do it. But hopefully we'll just – Keep this down to uh, you bring up a name and we'll hit it real quick so we don't take a lot of time talking about the obvious and uh, have Roddy start singing Here Comes Santa Claus or something. Oh, man. I'm never going to live That's the goal because we have 25 names here between running back, receiver, and tight end. Let's start with running back, and I'm doing this in order based on production last season. Dejan Edwards had 139 carries and seven touchdowns. Well, he's money in the bank uh, for a smaller guy. He's tough. He's physical. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. And uh, he might not be the number one back that you use down after down, but he's a good changeup. Kendall Milton had 86 carries and eight touchdowns. Kendall's had a really good summer. Um, we know he missed the spring with a hamstring. It's just a case of proving his health. Uh, you know, the fact he had eight touchdowns last year shows his ability to spring the big one. Uh, He's got a chance to be a really high draft choice, in my opinion, because of his size, speed. Uh, just got to show his toughness a little bit and then not get hurt. Branson Robinson had 68 carries, more than I remembered. Three touchdowns. Well, Branson's coming off an injury here. I hope he's going to be ready. He hurt his foot. He's still on a boot in the summer, but they're being very precautionary. But he's a big, strong physical back that gives us uh, – a lot of experience that he, he was able to play in some mop-up roles. He had a great national championship game. Uh, I think the biggest thing for him is how much preseason will he miss? Will he be ready to go once the season starts? Because he can get a lot of gravy there in those first few games. That's the primary returning production. Andrew Paul comes off of his injury. I'm higher than a Georgia pine on my <laughs> Andrew Paul. I can tell you this, that guy is, is a really good uh, – a young player. He had a good fall camp till he hurt his knee. He really got into the, the rehab and he was right on top of everything, taking notes, watching everything. It's just a case of uh, what kind of chances he's going to get with these other guys. If for, for some reason Robinson can't go uh, 
Branson Robinson can't go, he's going to get a lot more reps. So uh, I'm glad we got Andrew. Another Robinson, Roderick Robertson, the true freshman coming in. Really took advantage of uh, of some of our guys being out, Milton and uh, and Paul this spring, and uh, and and I think he's going to be a guy that uh, plays the role, real tough inside guy. Worked hard on his past receptions, and uh, I'm glad we got him. Coach, what is the? I mean, you didn't get to see a ton of. Uh the second Robinson going up against other teams, like you took get to sell Branson Robinson last year, but they had similar names, but to me that seemed to have similar running styles. Is that just an, an unfair description or unfair observation? Oh, that's, that's good because they're, they're both big guys that, uh, that can change direction though, and uh, have good body lean. And what I like for, uh, for the, the kid from California this spring was the fact that, because he had to jump in there, he had to go against the ones and, and twos a lot where, you know, normally he'd be going against three. So without question, he had to develop some some more toughness because some of those holes aren't very big against that D line. So uh, a very good spring by him. And you saw in the spring game, he's got some ability to uh, shake and bake a little bit. Came in a little bit heavy, which normally – that happens with freshman reporting. They, you know, they had a lull between the end of the season, and but uh, he, he's really—I wouldn't say he's felt yet, but he's—he's he's definitely uh, toned down a little bit. And uh, I'm glad we got him, and I'm glad we got Cash Jones. Cash is a tremendous special teams guy. Got great speed. Uh, has has always turned it out when he got in the games, and uh, unfortunately broke his foot this spring. He should be okay too. And then uh, we got that Clark kid that came back after going in the portal. He's a, you know, a guy that knows the system and can can do what you need to in some mop up roles. But he's a good team guy. Overall, you feel good about that running back crew for Del McGee. I've got a little bit of uh, a little bit of like that 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 uh, Motorola reception on your. Uh, when you're playing a record and it's kind of, kind of just pause it a little bit. <laughs> Injuries are going to be critical here. How people recover. We got two guys coming off major injuries, uh, Paul and Robinson. They both had surgery and we got Milton coming off of a uh, hamstring. So uh, hold your breath and uh, we'll, we'll be okay. If, but uh, that would be the only thing that would make me have a little angst is the we're not 100% there. The returning production from those walk-ons, Cash Jones, two carries and a touchdown. You remember he had 44 yards. Uh, Savon Clark had seven carries last season. Yeah, but unbelievable production from uh, Cash Jones in the special teams. I mean, he's a warrior out there. He's a player. I mean, he he's a guy that you uh, – you know, I know when he got hurt, and wasn't able to go in the playoffs. I mean, it was like Kirby. I mean, it wouldn't be like losing Stetson Bennett, but he was down on it. I mean, he was. It bothered him. I mean, it bothered him that the kid couldn't play. But that was a hole in our special teams. And I'm glad Savon Clark took his name back out of the portal, just because that's guy. Like I said, I think he could play a lot of other places. He comes back and he makes Georgia better. He had a good name too. I like Savon. <laughs> I mean, uh, 
over at wide receiver. Okay with me. Is it okay with you, Savon? <laughs> a lot of returnees at wide receiver, though maybe not the volume of production. Um, Lad McConkey is the workhorse. Fifty-eight. Let me just say this about wide receiver: there, there are a lot of uh, scholarship numbers there, but that's for a reason. You got to have a depth, and you got to have a squad that's capable of uh, training your defense. And if all of a sudden you've got five or six receivers and they're doing, they're running all this stuff uh, on offense, who's going to be doing it against the defense to get them ready for Tennessee and these uh, wide open offenses. So the more depth you can get, the better it's going to help our team, first of all, and it's going to help them because they're going to go against such good guys down there working on press technique, releasing against uh, jam corners, uh, learning how to recognize different kind of releases to block the run support. So it looks like we got a lot of receivers. We got the bodies more than we got the pure players yet. But uh, let's, that, I want to make sure that I, I like that room just from, the, from a volume standpoint. It really helps us. Starting with Lad McConkey, 58 receptions last season, seven touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns. One of the best players in the country. We'll, uh, no argument there from anybody. You know, I know we saw a good report from Jim Nagy at the uh, uh, Senior Bowl about all the things that Lad can do, and uh, he'll be he'll be big time for us this year. He's really built himself up a little bit better, stronger, and uh, you know he was hurt. Throughout the playoffs, his, his knee was bothering, but he gutted it out. And uh, everybody needs a player like Lad McConkey on your team from a character, leadership, a skill type. Uh, you can't have enough Lad McConkeys in your program. And he overcame the case of the drops in the middle of the season and was close. One or two. Come on, Mr. Negative. He did. He did. There were there were a couple there. Look, my expectations are super high for him. That's why that's yeah, there he, he a lot. Hey, Jack Nicholas doesn't shoot a 68 every time he goes up. He did have a couple, but I I mean, you gotta point that out. We this is a fair show. I mean, go ahead. Marcus Rosemey Jack Saint, 29 catches, two touchdowns. Well, he's gotta get out of doghouse for that. Uh, stupid thing that he did with uh, getting, you know, the and I think that's something that they're working on, disciplining him on the, uh, you know, getting called for that reckless driving deal. But he's a clutch guy. I mean, he can catch the six route, which is a breaking in in route over the between the linebackers and the safety, and go up and get it as good as anybody. And he's a big target. He's a good perimeter blocker, and uh, he's just a money money guy. He's gonna catch every pass that's thrown his way. We got a good situation there with him and Dylan Bell that both can catch the ball when you throw it to them. By that, I mean, you know, it. they got a good catch radius and they're going to go get it. Bell's maybe a little faster, uh, has kind of a running back type body, but got in a lot of good uh, work last year when uh, the kid that, that left from uh, Texas was hurt most of the year. So Bell got a lot of uh, experience. So feel good about those two. Yeah, it was uh, 20 catches for three touchdowns for Bell. Arian Smith had seven catches and one really impressive touchdown. Yeah, Arian Smith is just a guy that health is a main major issue there. If he stays healthy, he's not anybody faster in a football uniform in the country. And he can split the, the free safety, strong safety against too deep, or he can split the 
cash between the corner and the free safety against three deep or man free. Uh, just a, a guy that maybe we're going to throw a few more bubble screens to and underneath things because he's got that ability to bang it from anywhere on the field. Uh, just kind of temper my enthusiasm, a little realism here. He, he's got to stay healthy. If he does, it really is a big plus for our receiving core. Jackson Meeks had six catches last year. Jackson's another guy kind of like Cash Jones. I mean, he really is a good – can catch the ball, not, not a real fast guy, but, wow, he's unbelievable on special teams. He had that one play against Mississippi State where he ran into the punter, which was kind of hard. But he really it takes a lot of pride in his special teams. I, I know I said this on the air, but I'll say it again. One of the days last year when he had just made a move because I was trying to keep him going, you know, because all these other guys were playing and he was, and he came running up to me when I came out to practice. Coach, I'm on the punt team this week. Now, I mean, just the fact that he was so happy about being on the punt team shows the kind of morale that you can create when a guy's just trying to make a make some kind of move on your team. So, I like his attitude. Uh, He's not a difference maker type guy on the outside, but he's a good possession guy, and I'm glad we got him. I'm going to do three groupings of these last sets. Denylon Morissette had four catches last season. Makai Muse had two, and Cole Spear had one catch. Well, Spear's a try-hard guy that uh, you know came in here, and he's he's right now he's not in the mix. Muse did some things in the spring, can return punts. He's got that hiccup type deal. They can make you miss, and uh, there's a spot for him, maybe for turning punts or kicks. And then Marset, I liked what he was doing last year, and then he got hurt a little bit in the spring. But uh, he, he's another guy that had some off-the-field issues on a speeding thing. But uh, I, I just think he's got to go out, and he's a little bigger than some of these guys. He's got a chance to maybe step in there and show us some help there. But uh, he's got ability. Ra Ra Thomas comes from Mississippi State. Dominic Lovett comes from Missouri. C.J. Smith was here but didn't play last season. Well, C.J. Smith has got that kind of speed that Arian Smith has, a bigger guy than Arian. But, boy, when he lines up for sprints or he goes down on a deep ball drill, he gets your attention. And uh, another guy that's been hurt, but uh, he's got to get in there. And uh, I wish I could use some of my – football jargon here but it would be a little bit off color but (laughs) if he lets something drop a little bit he'll he's got a chance i mean he's got a chance but uh, i like him you just got to get out there and play i mean you can't keep talking about well if 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 i mean he's just got to do it now the other two you talk about people that make my mouth water we hadn't had too many guys around here like dominic lovick and uh rah rah thomas there's a reason we went after him in the transfer portal uh dominic can be a slot guy he can return kicks he can run the bubble screens he caught over 50 passes for missouri last year caught seven against us he's a difference maker guy that every time he touches the ball can people in the stands even the the ladies that had their best clothes on and didn't want to wrinkle them stand up and (laughs) this guy can make it happen now and then rara had a little bit of issue there when he it was a Bad move by him there in the dorm with his girlfriend, but he has got some big time potential. I mean, you watch him against our defensive backs. I mean, they're looking over at him when they're lining up to go on drills 
and kind of shuffling around. They're not all jumping up there wanting to cover rah-rah. I can tell you that. Now the better ones are, but the guys that are trying to make the team, uh, this guy has got a good name. I mean, I like rah-rah. I mean, <laughs> it just makes you feel good. And uh, we, we got three guys right there that when you look at uh, McConkie and rah-rah and uh, Dominic Lovett, I mean, among the better receivers in the conference from coming back and then a lot of potential there with Bell and uh, Jack Saint. I mean, that's a good good group there to me. I'm, I'm fired up. And then you don't even go to where we got the best tight end in the country. Whoa, 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 whoa. We still have three true freshman receivers on this team. So. Yeah, yeah, but uh, Haynes, Haynes is ready from a pr- perspective of look good in the spring, has, has got uh, good ball skills. Uh, Williams and Evans I don't think are ready. Don't quote me on that, but maybe they'll come come along. But being here in the spring helped them, and they're going to get better. But uh, I think Haynes has the best chance right now of jumping in there and playing. All right. Coach, I'm looking at the uh, the way they – when you line up your wide receivers, you've got the the quick twitch guys, the guys that get open. You've got, you know, the best wide receiver at uh, Mississippi State. You had the best wide receiver for Missouri. You have, you know, Malad McConkie. You know, George is one of the top receivers. Uh, then you have those speed guys, you know, Spear, like I said, Smith, and then Arian Smith as well. You know, a, a four by one hundred team that you could put together that's lightning fast. Then you have the big bodies who are going to catch those contested balls, like you mentioned with Marcus Rosby, Jack Saint, Dylan Bell. You know, maybe Rara's in that group who just—I don't even call them enforcers, but you know, the the, the guys who can be in, in a physical game against a cheating cornerback or a safety that's kind of banging into them—they can make the contested catches. And I'm just thinking that Mike Bowe is going to be licking his lips, and whoever the quarterback is going to be is like, man, this this seems like to be a very solid receiving core. That yeah, I think the one. How, how do you how do you stop it? Well, you got to get pass rush, and you got to get. Uh, and there's a lot of things uh, that can happen. There's there's a good looking guy in the background there getting ready to go out to the beach there, Roddy. What's the yeah, name? Yeah, that's my loser son <laughs> crashing my show. Glad he's dressed, but anyhow, uh, and and. The thing that Mike does that that I like is he has interchangeable ability. A guy doesn't necessarily just has to be the outside guy. So if you had three receivers here, and you had a guy that's the Z, the slot, and the uh, the you know the other guy, he's got the ability. The next way, the inside guy can go all the way out to Z. Z can come to the middle. Another guy can come to the to the inside. So it's interchangeable. You can take the X and put him over there and take Z. So based on a formation, so instead of calling it trips, you might call it trio. So I line up outside in trips, but I'm in the middle in trio. And in treble, I'm in towards the un, un, uh, inside. So a lot of different formation looks by Bobo that are called differently, but they show you the same look three by one or two by two. Like deuce could be two by two. And then if you say Dixie, these two guys switch and they're like this. And if you say Darling, they might go to the other side or whatever it might be. I'm just thinking of a D and looking at Dane Darling. (laughs) (laughs) I I say this whole group of receivers, and I do want to mention, there's some other names that are walk-ons that are really valuable to the program, good football players, guys like Braxton Hicks, guys like uh, Logan Johnson that came from Prince Avenue Christian. There's other receivers out there that you may not end up seeing them in games, or, or 
They do a terrific job on the scout team. They really work hard, and Johnson in particular gets your uh, attention. And uh, as we've mentioned so many times on the show, you bring the – at Georgia, the threes get a little bit of work every day compared to most places. All they do is run scout teams. So it gives them a chance for them to develop. But uh, moving forward, though, but uh, because we saved the best for last, Brock Bowers – Human torpedo uh, can just do everything, and uh, he looks really good. I saw him out there the other day. He'd gone home for a few days uh, in the, in the summer, and uh, it just uh, human dy- dynamo, man. He just keeps practices hard, and of course, we got Oscar Delp, who didn't catch a lot of passes last year because they didn't throw it to him, but got a lot of really tremendous playing time there uh, throughout the year. And then uh, Lawson Lucky was here for the spring and really came on strong. And I told everybody when he got here that he was going to be a difference maker. And some people were just thinking, well, he's just the son of a legacy here and he's not going to he, – they got him and all that. But uh, he could go in any – I can tell you this right now. He could go in any room in the country and play. That guy can go anywhere and play. He, he's a big-timer. And I'm going to tell you somebody that just got my attention the other day that I know he's not on steroids because he can't be here, but but I saw uh, Sperlin in the spring. I saw him in the spring, and then I saw him the other day, and I had to go up and ask a manager because he had on – I think he's 88. I, I thought it was some guy that was just here for a visit or something. He said, no, it's Sperlin. I said, Sperlin, are you serious? I mean, just a transformation physically of how big he is. And he took advantage of shoulder surgery and working out and all. And that guy's that guy's got some ball skills now. He can catch the ball. Yeah. And uh, now he's he's not just a string bean. I mean, he you'd be surprised when you see him, Roddy. I mean, you won't be now because I told you. But yeah, now won't be now. I'm expecting it. That, that has to be one of the uh, biggest surprises of me going over there all summer. Uh, the few times I've been, when I saw Sperling, I, mean, I went over there and I looked at Todd Harley, and he kind of rolled his eyes. You know, yes, sir. I mean, it was good. Yeah, that's why you watch the show. You find out stuff that you wouldn't know. No, I'm sure. That. I'm sure you can find that out a lot of different places, but Sperling. <laughs> Berlin's parents could have told you that, but man, he looks good. He does, he does have good parents. I'm kind of in his neck of the woods down here in Orange Beach, and you know he was over in the Florida Panhandle. Yeah, um, I just want to give you a shout out before I forget. Rod Corson asked me to go to the uh, Georgia Athletic Trainers uh, banquet the other day and hand out some awards. And one of the ladies there was a student trainer for me, and she was from Conyers. And I asked her if she had ever heard of you, and she said, no, but I've heard of your brother. <laughs> no, she didn't say that. She didn't say that. She said, yeah, I said, he was a, he was a tough football player. So I want to mm-hmm. give you credit for that. And uh, she uh, and she was talking about when she was the uh, trainer here that at the Outback Bowl, one of our players – had got in a fight and uh, had split his uh, eyebrow. And, uh, you know, they, they were trying to keep it from me. And uh, they 
put a little, uh, you know, how they put it together, and then they took some makeup, and some of the girls put makeup on, and they got through the pregame <laughs> meal, and never found out that he actually got hit. But I said, well, hey, I never heard about it. And I said, don't tell me who it was. Please tell me it wasn't Hines Ward. And she said, it wasn't Hines. It wasn't Hines. <laughs> Well, next week we will do uh, offensive linemen, so we'll get into that. Uh, talking about how big Amarius Mims is, because he's a big oh, dude. Amarius <laughs> Mims, now, I just want to say this, too. Maybe I said it last week. I stood beside Radledge and Mims, and I felt like those elves at Santa Claus's house right there that Roddy's got. I mean, giants, man. They're giants. And uh, <laughs> unbelievable, but uh, – that's what people don't really – even the small guys over there are giants, though. It's yeah. giants and giants and then, you know, normal people walking around between them. Yeah, you know, you just got to be – you got to enjoy the fact that, like I was talking to some guys who were talking about, hey, our schedule and everything, but it is what it is. But you got to handle yourself as much as you do your other – your opponents. So don't get hurt. Don't get in trouble, stay academically eligible. All those things have to keep so you don't get beat from within as much as, as the, the people you're playing against. But uh, but I would say the best thing that I see with our team right now is morale. To have a bunch of guys that are all highly recruited and all of them aren't starting and all that, you don't see a bunch of guys – sulling around and all. I mean we got good morale over there our guys are just glad to be here and uh, it, of course they ought to be I mean what they eat and where they stay and lift weights and their locker room I mean I could move in that locker room and just sleep down there I mean <laughs> yeah, well it's big it's definitely big enough um there are questions about morale. There's questions about culture at Georgia. We will talk about that after a quick break. We're going to mention some of our friends and our sponsors. I want to start with your pie because it is Tuesday. It is double points Tuesday. Uh, when I say that and you kind of roll your eyes, you're like, oh, he's always talking about the double points. I'm just trying to help you out. I'm just trying to make it easier on you. Uh, you can go to the, your pie on the web. You can go to them a bunch of different ways and order your pizzas, your uh, sandwiches, your pastas, your salads, and all that stuff. But the best way to do it is on the your pie app. I know you got a ton of apps, but this one actually makes it worth your while. You order on the app, you tell them delivery, takeout, you know, eat in. Uh, uh, if you do it on Tuesday, you get points for every dollar you spend on the app. Well, on Tuesday, they double those points. Those points add up very quickly to get free pizzas, free drinks, free gelato, free brownies, all sorts of things. Uh, when your birthday rolls around, hell, your half birthday. I got a half birthday thing. One, one day it's like, hey, it's your half birthday. Come in and get a free brownie. I'm like, well. Of course, I'll come in and get a free brownie on my half birthday. Thank God somebody finally recognized it and uh, made it the national holiday that it should be. So my half birthday was celebrated thanks to the folks at Europi, and yours will be as well if you use the Europi app. Check them out, 70 locations all over the place. Also want to mention our friends at Dead Soxy. I my, you saw my son just pop in here a second ago. Uh, he's going back to work. Uh, got my Father's Day's gift because I'm not going to see him next Sunday. Uh, it wasn't socks, but it could have been, and I would have been happy to get some of the dead Soxy socks. You can do that for your dad. It's this Sunday. It's Tuesday. You need to order them today, tomorrow at the latest. They're going to come in a fantastic box. They're really cool. Uh, the, the, the presentation is nice. It's not like you went to 
Walmart and got dad some, you know, kneeling socks. These are fantastic socks that you will absolutely, he will absolutely enjoy. Uh, they don't slide down his leg. Uh, they come in great colors. They're cool in the summer. He will love them. They'll be his favorite socks and he will wear them all the time. So uh, use promo code UGA sports to get 25% off and free shipping. 25% off, free shipping, order them for your dad today. And happy early Father's Day to all the dads out there. Let's get to questions from members at ugasports.com. And we will start with Dogfan215. I'd like to know how Coach Donnan would handle the AJC story if he were the head coach. How do you get problems straightened out? And then if there's a grudge with a media outlet or appears to be, it seems like to me that there's going to great lengths to smear the program. I know you can have problems with things, uh, but how do you handle that when things are being reported about UGA and not other teams? You know, the, the every outlet's got their ability to do what they want to and uh, sell their their wares or whatever it might be, and you, you, there's no way you can uh, hold it against somebody and uh, expect to. If you're in a if you're in a head job here, you can't. There's not much you can do about it except keep talking to your players about and try to keep them out of the press. But uh, I, there's no way you can uh, say, "Hey, we're not going to let this person come" or anything like that, unless they just do something that that you know the president would back you on the, to eliminate it. But uh, you know, the, the the hard part about it is when people start. Uh, winning like uh, Georgia has, there, there's always going to and, and and something happened to the magnitude of that. Those two uh, young people passing away, uh, you're going to get the coverage on it, and uh, people are going to dig and find things. Uh, I know Kirby does a good job of having people come in in the summer and uh, talk to them about different things from around the country, and uh, that's all you can do: educate them and uh, keep talking about it. But there's no way you can keep somebody from coming coming to your press conferences. Or I mean, you don't have to answer their question, I guess, if they ask you one. But I, I mean, other than that, I don't know what else you can do. The I, reason, I, but, go ahead, right? Say so the the question came up on the dog vent, you know, uh, about motivations and such like that. And for me, it comes down to it's tough to guess someone's motivation. And sometimes, I mean, it's pretty obvious if they have an agenda or motivation, but it. It's our job in for reporters to report the facts. You've got uh, uh, 20 kids speeding. Well, then there's a story. 20 kids are speeding. We've reported a ton of speeding arrests or tickets or stuff like that. Uh, if it is newsworthy, we report it. My problem is when you take that next step and say, well, there's a culture issue. Now, that, to say that there's a culture issue means that it would – it would mean that Georgia has not done anything to try to prevent it. They just let it happen or they encourage it. It's the, we do this in journalism all the time. We take the next step and say, well, if we have facts A and B, then the reason is item C, you know, we, we, we advance the story to a conclusion that we cannot substantiate, especially based on, based on something nebulous, something that is uh, hard to define, define culture. What constitutes culture? That is subjective. And that's where I have a problem with anybody's reporting. Ours as well. I mean, we can report there were a ton of off-season issues right after Georgia won the second national title. You had a ton of high-profile players running afoul of the law. Nowhere in the association that I've seen has that been permissible. You know, so to me, you 
we spoke to a Georgia State trooper the other day when we were out at lunch, and he said, look, you know, Kirby tries to keep him in line, but he's not the one pushing the, the gas pedal down in their car. And I'm like, yeah. So I don't like blaming it, but if he weren't doing education, if he weren't yelling at him, if he weren't punishing him, then I'd say, UK, you have a permissive culture there. But when these guys are getting busted and Kirby's, you know, educating the hell out of them and making them run steps and just, you know, taking playing time away from guys that mess up, then it's just like blaming uh, parents for kids that get in trouble. It's like the parents were the ones that broke curfew. The kid, you know, the parents weren't the ones smoking weed. The parents weren't the ones doing this. They threatened them. They've punished them. They've done everything they can. But is your house a, have a cultural issue? You know, there's a culture of permissiveness at your house when you've punished them every time they've done something wrong. So I just, I don't like that advancing the story to, and again, it's the same with uh, fans could do it. I get that. Georgia fans are going to say that everything at Tennessee is rotten. Everything in Florida is horrible. Um, but as a media outlets, we should not do that, nor should any others. Just report the facts. The facts are bad enough. You don't need to assign blame or uh, causality just based on correlation. Kirby will be asked about it a lot at SEC Media Days. I'm interested to see what he says. Yep, I agree. It's going to match a lot of what he's already said. But at Media Days, you really can't avoid it because it's just questions yeah, all day long. One of the things that people, when he says we're handling it internally, they want to know what that is. That's none of their business. I mean, it, he handles what he wants to. That, that's a big part of it, Coach, because people want – we want to scalp. So you had two uh, beloved members of the team – they passed away in a car accident. They want we want to know who's at fault, who who's going to be punished, and then the next thing we want to know is what are we going to do about it? You know, so anytime you hear about it, you know it's we all have our uh, ideas on what the punishment should be, and because the punishment isn't public, it's the same with employees. You know, when you find out somebody was really rude to a customer, you know the people want to hear that person was fired. Well. They're not going to let you know what happened to that employee. Some people are allowed a bit of privacy. So, but you're right. We want to we want to see it. We want to scalp. We want to know something happened, so it won't happen again. Question from Billy Zane says: I know most position battles won't be settled well in the fall camp, but are there things that players can do to help themselves in the limited summer sessions? Good question by Billy. Uh, certainly, there is. I mean, uh, just to reiterate. We have the ability now to meet and, and practice eight hours a week with the guys before August 1st or 2nd when they start. So you can uh, get a lot of uh, mental reps in the meetings and uh, ask questions to the coaches. And then they take that out and do individual work with the coaches. And then coaches have to leave when they start doing teamwork. But uh, there's there's a quantum leap there as far as knowing what to do and if, if you go to the line of scrimmage and you're in doubt about what your assignment is, in the SEC you got no chance because the guy across from you knows his assignment, he's as good an athlete as you, and he's going to out-execute you. So a confused player is not a very good one. So uh, there's a lot you can do mentally. And then, of course, physically what you can do is keep developing yourself, kind of like we are talking about Sperlin, how much he's worked with get the weight on. Uh, you know, just one thing after the other uh, – uh, a lot of things you can do mentally, physically, and then morale-wise, emotionally, just get the confidence of the other players because they see how you're working and how you're developing. And uh, 
there's nothing like going into a game and knowing a guy you look beside the guy on the right and the one on your left and you know he's busted his butt just like you have all summer and you know you can count on him. Uh, you got to achieve that by hard work and uh, player acceptance by doing what everybody else does. If you don't want to do what everyone else does, you can work for yourself. My perfect franchise. <laughs> oh, well, well done, Habibi. Well done. Yes, the folks at My Perfect Franchise, they actually have a quiz up on our board right now. If you go to ujsports.com, there's a uh, they do a franchise of the month contest where they basically describe a pretty neat franchise, uh, and you can guess what it is. And if you do guess it correctly, then you get three free months of UGA Sports. They do that on a lot of our websites uh, across the Rivals Network. A lot of Rivals subscribers have reached out to Andy Ludecki and said, hey, tell me about franchising. And he says, okay, well, what are you looking to do? Do you want more paid time off? Do you want you know, more income? Do you want uh, to be your own boss? Do you want to get out of the rat race? Do you want a change of direction and uh, to be the person in charge, You know, to be an owner instead of an employee? Well, he can set you up with that. He's like, how much time do you have? What, what do you have by way of capital investments? You know, uh, There's 3,000 different options there, and he can guide you through them. And so... Trust me, if you've just got, you know, a little bit of time or you're looking for a brand new career, the folks at MyPerfectFranchise.net, Andy Ludecki, uh, they will take care of you. And it doesn't cost you anything. So you can call him. You can talk to him. Hell, call him and talk Georgia football, talk Texas football, talk football, college football in general. He will chop it up with you. He's a huge football fan. And that's why he's advertising on the Rivals Network. Plus, he's made very many readers at UGA Sports and across the Rivals Network very happy in their new career. So, that's the guy to talk to. Speaking of new, I was mentioning our friends at Prime Shrimp. Uh, they've become so successful. And I'm going to take full credit for advertising, for them advertising on UGA Sports. That's the reason they've been successful. But they are now in stores. So uh, you can still do the mail order and you know, have them ship uh, fresh to your doorstep. You know, you know the, uh, the frozen packets that they, they, they process it. They flash, freeze it with the seasonings. And it comes straight to you. You don't have to worry about a middleman. Uh, you boil it in the little uh, pouch that it comes in. You drop it into your tacos. You drop it into your uh, shrimp and grits. You drop it into your Alfredo. And it's ready to go right there. Uh, but now, if people, if you're like, you're out and you're, oh, I'm not going to be home or I want to take some on the road with me, it's starting to pop up in grocery stores. I've seen it here on the Panhandle. I've seen it in uh, it's going to Mississippi, Louisiana, Georgia. It's popping up everywhere. Prime Shrimp. Now, if you want to try them and they're not in your local grocery store, uh, just go to primeshrimp.com and use promo code UGASports.com to get 20% off. Uh, we are pretty much out of time, but there's one question. There's others that I will save for next week. We will get to those because we always appreciate the questions we get. There's one I have to sneak in here under the wire from Grand Moff Tarkin. Roddy and Coach, who's the better football recruit? Darth Vader, Obi-Wan Kenobi, or Luke Skywalker? <laughs> the look on coach's face meant that uh, I don't think he's much of a Star Wars there, person. I'm probably going with uh, uh, give me Darth size. I don't need a, I want to tackle. I want offensive tackle with uh, a killer mentality. You know, he destroyed a whole planet just to uh, to get what he wants. That's a, that's a Kirby Smart recruit right there. That's an edge rusher, Darth Vader edge. Oh, I'm not a middle linebacker. Oh, gotcha. Smart, you know, running the defense, you know. We gotta have one more question though in football. I mean, <laughs> All right, I, I'll give you one football to wrap up on. Uh, let's see. 
We got a ton in the comments there. Coach Donnan, what types of wrinkles might we see with Coach Bobo at the helm of the offense? Cajun Dog asked that question. Wrinkles. Yeah, I just think that he has the capacity in game to, to do what's necessary based on what the defense does. So I always like the ability to adjust and have that in your system that flexible enough if something comes up, but also have your tendencies that you can use. Uh, I mentioned earlier in the show the ability to play multiple receivers at different locations on the field as one wrinkle, uh, a power running game that that uh, you can run out of most sets. He's always been very uh, good at having, a, you know, a, a guy that can run the power O or the counter. So uh, there's not going to be a lot of bells and whistles, tricks and stuff, but uh, it's going to be good fundamental football and uh, comes from a football family. His dad was a coach, and just this last week he was uh, inducted into the uh, Hall of Fame for the high school in Georgia. I thought that was great for Mike and several others, guys like Marcus Stroud and DJ Shockley and Coach Goff got in, Ray Goff and John Stinchcomb. Uh, Jarvis Jones, I believe. Yeah, Jarvis Jones, uh, another guy, does a great job for Georgia. Well, that's all the time we have for questions. Um, man, this show went by quick. That's usually a good sign. Yeah, we got a few in their in their comment section. I feel bad I did not put those into the show, but I will try to uh, sit back and answer them. Let's go. What are we? Where you guys got a date or what? <laughs> no. I have a one o'clock meeting that I'm two minutes late for, but I can bow okay. out and let y'all continue. Yeah, you do that, and I'll take care of the rest of it. Cool. All right, we'll see you, Don. Don Dane. All right, uh, let's go real quick because we had a bunch from Phil Rogers, who, by the way, likes the beard. So I appreciate that from Phil. You know, uh, he but he did have a question, Coach. Uh, any news on the conditioning drills they might be doing? What are they doing to get ready for the heat? The conditioning drills. Yeah. Well, lots of uh, uh, strength and conditioning, uh, different ways. The one of the things they do is individual work on the what each body needs for their position and then uh, then different kind of running drills based on the fact that so many uh, linemen don't, don't need to do near as much running as the, the backs do, except just for, uh, you know, aerobic conditioning. Uh, one of the things they do once or twice a week is have a team run. It's for morale and camaraderie, but everybody gets together and they go on a run around campus and uh, just build up your cardio a little bit. and uh, But more than anything, just change your direction, agility drills, uh, working on your speed and quickness over the summer is, is really huge for them. Love it. Uh, Andy Adams says, Coach, can you talk me this off the ledge concerning going from uh, Munkin to Bobo? You kind of mentioned that a bit there. Uh, Andy does not seem to be a big Munkin – I mean, a big Bobo fan. He thinks that um, Mike's a little too conservative, which – uh, I would disagree because and uh, Mike says, yeah, the anti-Bobo stuff is stupid. His offenses have scored a lot of a boatload of points with worse players. We're going to be fine with Bobo. So we got a little argument going on in the comments section there between Andy and uh, Mike. I mean, it's okay. I mean, <laughs> it's good to have discussions. And certainly uh, Munkin had a lot of success here. But if you look over their careers, I would have to think that Mike has had some really good success with uh, multiple quarterbacks around the country and uh, putting a lot of guys in the league. Uh, they're both really good. And uh, 
there's a lot of things that I worry about. You know what I'm saying? Kickers. Uh, who's going to be the holder? Who's going to be the place, the field goal guy? But I, I don't think anybody in, uh, should worry about Mike Bobo calling the plays. The other thing is, who's your boss? I mean, he's got Kirby Smart for his boss. He knows he's going to have a good defense, and he knows they're going to be consistent in their approach to special teams. He's not going to have to go out there and score 45 points a game to win. That's a good point. Um, you got to think about having a drive on Georgia's defense, uh, 75 yards a pop, if you can get them the back and pin them deep on each uh, kickoff. Uh, Robbie Dodson Jr. says, are these new – receivers physical can they block too which i think is a great question because i mean we've talked so much about how if you can't block you can't play for kirby smart and uh yeah i think we've uh, seen him yeah Ra is a little bigger than dominic but he dominic's very uh quick and can get position block you don't have to be quite the blocker as an inside guy that you do on the perimeter because you don't have to hold your block as long because the play hits is quicker but uh and he's such a threat to catch the ball that they got to be careful about over committing on the run on him. So uh, those guys, both those guys are capable blockers. Oh, and we, we start every practice every day out there with the, with the bubble drill where the defensive backs are coming up and supporting the run. We're throwing the bubble screen and you got to stalk block the guy and stay with them. And if you don't, you get the wrath of Kirby smart. <laughs> I've I've seen that drill and it's crazy because I mean the defenders know what's coming and you know they 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 test them hard. Uh, Thomas Doe says, uh, "Are we ever going to have a home and home series with the Georgia and Florida football?" I think that's definitely coming when they. Uh, no, uh, I think I think what we can see is maybe with this new deal with the Florida getting their. Uh, uh, Jacksonville getting a new stadium there might we might see two years where we play home and on but we just don't know with this new schedule but I will uh, alert our fans that uh, we're going to have Josh Brooks on for a a one-on-one here uh, tomorrow we'll probably put it out tomorrow night but talk about scheduling uh, the uh, facilities that we're building at the south you know the improvements uh, talk about the track uh, all those things that all of you like to know, he's going to answer those for us and uh, just put it out there to the public here. Go to the horse's mouth. Yeah, put the screw to him. Get, get, get us some answers. You know that, boss? We, we set that up. I did. I, I found out like five minutes ago when I saw the new uh, the listings of uh, reserved space Merry on this format. So Merry like, Christmas, Sammy. Yeah. <laughs> That's the reason you had it's the reason you had a garden so you could ho ho ho. <laughs> I've already delivered presents. I went on vacation, to see my boy. Uh, we're heading back here in about so about ten minutes. We're going to bolt you back. You deserve it. You deserve it. I'm glad y'all got down there. But, uh, but every time I go on vacation, somebody commits and they have that. Um, uh, Johnson shout out to that guy that sent that deal about how much he. Uh, what was his name that uh, had is not feeling that good and. Uh, <sighs> Uh, I think it was uh, Patrick. Was yeah, I'm Patrick, we're glad you listened to the show, and I hope you get well and keep keep on trucking, man. And uh, the other thing is, if you see me out in public, which I'm not out there much, but I always enjoy people coming up and saying they listen to the show or ask me a question about ball or anything because uh, I'm a lonely guy. <laughs> no, but like, seriously, come up there and 
uh, it doesn't bother me. It used to bother me when I was a coach because it get on your nerves. But uh, it, and if you got any suggestions about what we could do to make it better for you, no, I'm sorry, it was Jonathan, Coach Jonathan. My apologies. All right, Jonathan. Sorry about that, but we are glad you listen. And Jonathan Griffin, he's fighting a tough fight, and uh, uh, hang in there. Yeah, it's a. Uh... It's tough. That is tough. Parkinson's, that's not fair. It really isn't. Uh, but anyway, hit us up whenever you, you get a question, Jonathan, and we will definitely uh, move you to the front of the line. And for everybody else, if we didn't get to your questions, I apologize. We will get to them next week. Uh, still six more hours or six more hours left of my vacation. So stay tuned to the UGA Sports Vault where all the recruiting news is going down. There's always fun stuff going on over there. Tons of updates. Uh, there's been a new ranking out, as Coach mentioned earlier. Uh, Jed May has the latest on that. We have the Tuesday tracker, which guys are moving up for Georgia, which guys are moving down. And then yesterday we even had the top keep 10 up, guys. Keep up with the uh, – this is the week of the Elite 11. where the Elite 11, yeah. So uh, we got two quarterbacks out there. Uh, Ryan and uh, Dylan are both out there for the uh, – you know, see who's picked as the top quarterback in the country. Yeah. So as I say all the time, guys, right now it's the golden age of Georgia football. Here. You got two back-to-back titles, the number one recruiting class. You got two committed quarterbacks who are going to be in the Elite Eleven. Uh, yeah, they need to stop speeding. All these new cars out there will try your patience and the, the issues they've had with that. But uh, it it is a good time to be a Georgia Bulldog, and I appreciate Coach coming on. He told us three, four years ago when he started doing this, Coach, that it, good times were coming. And you nailed it. You were dead on. Your faith in uh, Kirby and what he was bringing were well-placed. So, anyway, folks, uh, that's all the time we have for this week's show. I appreciate you guys sticking around with us a little bit longer so we can squeeze in some questions. We will see you next Tuesday at noon. Same bat time, same bat channel.